It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Oh. In the field, number 70. We're talking about practice. Hello, you play to win the game. The Yankees are champions of baseball. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Three, two, one. Happy 2000. No time on the clock, and the Patriots have won Super Bowl 36. Jordan open. Chicago with the lead! Worldwide Sports Radio Network presents Below the Mic. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Below the Mic. We are live every single Thursday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. New York Eastern Time. Remember, you can call us at 631-965-4990. And remember, go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app! How do you do that? How many times do I have to say it? Well, I could say it a million times, or I could smack <laughs> Speedy in the back of the head. But you the truth... your fly swatter, so no. Well, I don't have the fly swatter today, but <laughs> I do have the back of my hands, so I could do that, too. No, that, was, that wasn't the option. The option well, the this is swatter. the option today that I will use the back of my hand if I need to, because you do make a lot of mistakes, and I do like to smack you around a couple of times when we go to break. Anyways, you can go to iOS, which is the Apple phone, and all you have to do is search it at WWSRN, or you can go to your Android at, and search in the Play Store, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Speedy Petey, how are you doing today? Uh, besides annoy me half the day, uh, how are you? I'm, I was fine beyond that. I, I Yesterday, I ended up uh, seeing my cousins again. What is, were you doing with your cousins? Uh, we went, doing anything uh, that we need to know? Uh, went to the dock, played some football. Besides little, that, uh, you play football? What uh, position would you play? If I played football? Oh, my God. Could you imagine it? I, I don't know. I think you'd be the water boy, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, don't hate on the water boy. That was a great movie. Well, that's what you would be. You'd be the water boy. Sure, we'll go with that. Well, we, we would. We, 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 we would. We'll, we'll never know. That was uh, a past life that could have been, but obviously never happened because I was mostly small. Mm, well, you are a small guy, and you do uh, annoy me a little bit. But anyways, as you guys I know, think we size would correlate with. That, well, we okay. okay, whatever. And, well, size does correlate when it comes to everything else. Anyways, uh, we have a lot to go into today. We're going to get into a lot of sports, a lot of sports talk. We'll get into the MLB season. We'll talk a little bit about the Yankees yesterday winning another game. Garrett Cole pitching another gem. We will get into that a little bit later. We'll get into the New York Mets losing a one-run game yesterday, which was very, very intriguing. But again... Uh, we will talk a little bit about football. There's a couple of stories. We'll talk about the Joey Bosa uh, crazy, crazy deal, which I, I will get into a little bit later. And uh, we have great guests. Uh, we have one guest as of right now. We will be talking to Baylor football offensive guard recruit Tate Williams at 630. And we are supposed to talk to UCLA wide receiver defensive back recruit Devin Kirkwood, who is Number 13 ranked overall athlete in 2021 uh, recruiting class in the nation. So hopefully we can get Kirkwood either on the phone or video. But again, uh, we have a great show lined up for you guys. But as you guys know, we do this every single Thursday on Below the Mic. We call this segment the Sports and Entertainment News of the Week. Well, they're talking about big blockbusters. Why are they talking about big blockbusters in the NBA? I have no idea, but there is stories coming out, or a story... 
coming out that Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum for Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, and three future draft picks. I have no idea where this story is coming, but if that is true, I, I think uh, Portland's getting ripped off. Yeah, and again, if they were going to trade Lillard, it was going to be separate to go with McCollum on its own to try to get a big man, not trade them both together. <laughs> the SEC to play 10-game conference-only football schedule. Interesting. Only a matter of time. A lot of other conferences were doing it. And, you know, the SEC, if they don't get their football, there's going to be a lot of rioting. Another big top news. Phillies canceled ballpark activities until further notice for two positive tests of COVID-19. Well, I'm not surprised. And we will see this a lot throughout the league moving forward because you're going to see a lot of positive COVID-19 tests uh, in the near future. So I'm not surprised. NFL rumors and news. Bills send rookies home after five positive COVID-19 tests. Well, we're going to hear a lot about this in the NFL. A lot of people think they should do the same thing with the NBA as the NBA is doing with the bubble. I, I beg to differ. You cannot make a bubble in an NFL game unless you play in Canada in the CFL right. in one of those stadiums. It doesn't make any sense. Falcons... Uh, Denard agrees to terms. Now, I can't pronounce his first name. Dequeez Denard. Darquez Denard. Darquez. Dequeez, Dequeez, whatever. Um, obviously, that's a draft pick. No, it was a former Bengals corner that was a free agent. Mm. Interesting. And Atlanta needs corner depth, so it makes sense. Jamal Adams ready for life with the Seahawks. The plan is to retire here. Well, where else are you going to retire, buddy? Are you planning to go to the Cowboys in two years? <laughs> Uh, of course he plans to retire in Seattle. I don't think it's going to happen. I think he will be sitting on this so-called rookie contract until next season. And I don't think Seattle's going to give him what he wants. I, I could see Seattle trading him and trying to get whatever they can get back for whatever they trade to the New York Jets, which was incredible fleecing of the New York Jets. Colin Cowork is concerned over video showing of Tua Tagatolova with a noticeable limp. Well... He's probably limping. I don't know if it's his hip injury, but he's probably limping. I don't know if Tua's going to be 100% for the rest of his career. We don't know. Miami took uh, took a, really took a hit on this, and, and they decided to take a, a chance with Tua, and hopefully he, he becomes the quarterback that they think he's going to be. Uh, he is, uh, his jersey is the number one jersey right now on the market. Giants' chances to acquire Jags holdout Yannick Nagaku. Nogeku, whatever, have skyrocketed. Now, there is stories that um, Yannick is, is a guy that the Giants are interested, the New York Jets are interested in, the Bears are interested in, huh. Miami is interested in, and the Texans are interested in. So there are a lot of teams that are going to be interested in this guy. I don't know what he's going to be worth. I do not think he's going to be worth a first-round draft pick. I can see a second and a fourth to get, to get it done. And the Giants are looking for a pass rusher. They need one. They were talking about Clowney early in the free agency market. He Clowney looks like he's not going to the, any New York team. Uh, I, I could see him going to Tennessee. But uh, this is going to be a story moving forward with Yannick because he wants out with the Jaguars, and Jaguars want him gone. NBA rumors and news. Sixers star Joel Embiid speaks out on relationship with Ben Simmons. The Philadelphia 76ers will resume their season at Walt Disney World in Orlando Saturday again against the Indiana Pacers after a four-plus month halt. Both Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid will be on the court after dealing with injuries early this season. 
has also has been subjected that they don't like each other. I beg to differ on that. The stories will go into, and I don't want to get into the story, but they're saying that these guys do not hate each other, that they want to move forward with the 76ers and try to win a championship with the 76ers. NBA players found workaround Disney bubble rules by hiring hot massage therapists. What the heck are these guys doing? I mean, seriously. I mean, if they want a rub and tug, it won't be with a hot masseuse, that's for sure. LeBron James objected to NBA having players address media on China before Adam Silver, Daryl Morey. When Daryl Morey tweeted and the deleted support of protests in Hong Kong and the NBA received criticism from the country of China, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets uh, considered uh, soon arrived a Shanghai for exhibition games. LeBron James leaned upon sticking up for Hong Kong and China. Why am I not surprised? He's very big over there overseas. LeBron James is the biggest name in, in professional sports, a.k.a. Ronaldo. So he's a big superstar throughout the world and throughout the country. Of course, he's got something to say to help his brand. Ja Moran, NBA's play-in format, is extra chip on his shoulder. Ja Moran should not be speaking. I understand that he has a chip on his shoulder. He wants to be Rookie of the Year. I do not believe he will be Rookie of the Year. I still think it's going to be Zion Williamson moving forward. Yes, I do. I think Zion Williamson is the best. Even though he played less games than John Morant, I still think Zion Williamson is the best player, the best rookie of this year. If you look at the numbers, the numbers show that he is. Paul George guarantees Clippers, Lakers create intensity uh, even without fans. Now, Paul George guarantees that the Clippers are going to the championship. The Lakers will have something to say about that moving forward. What are you laughing about? I was going to say, like, it's not going to be anything easy, Paul. <laughs> Nothing is easy when it comes to the NBA. That's for sure. Except in the, uh, in, the Ameri- in the East, in the Eastern Conference. True. <laughs> MLB rumors and news. MLB ump Joe West bloodied after accidental back-to-the-head returns after stitches. Uh, I guess he deserved it. I mean, half these umpires, umpires make a lot of mistakes. If they're not going to get hit with a baseball bat, we might as well throw at them. Um, Although it'll be as bad as Angel Hernandez. There you go. MLB <laughs> mulling seven-inning doubleheaders. Are they crazy? These rules. Did you hear about the 16-team uh, playoff? Yeah, I, I didn't like it. I, did like you hear I, about the rules? Yeah. it's, it's That the number one seeds get to pick the teams that they want to play? Yeah, I, I've heard that many times, and I think it's really stupid that they should be able to do that. So they Rob just customize Manford, it. idiots. Blue Jays won't travel to Philadelphia after Philly's closed facility. Well, duh. I mean, if they're closing the facilities, why would they be traveling in Philadelphia? It doesn't make sense. Marlins players tested positive for COVID-19, bringing the total to 19. COVID-19, there we go. Not surprised. Uh, I think baseball has to figure something out with this moving forward trying to protect the players and trying to protect them from getting COVID-19. I think all the players should come down with COVID-19 so they can't get it again. So maybe we can have a crowd of fans then after that. Maybe we'll get the fans sick as well with COVID-19, and then the fans can go to the game. The Marlins fans still won't show up. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Final story. Here's why Luis Robert is ready for a stat cast stud. 
There was time not a long ago, July White, I'm sorry, when late July White Sox game would have been easy to overlook. But after back and forth games against the Bomber, Bomber Squad Twins and the Indians in South Side, I, I, I'm not even going to read this. Who the hell cares? How's that sound? He's a big name prospect. I guess that's what they're trying to say. But they're who cares? They're trying to word it weirdly. He definitely could be that. But why does anybody give a crap? He's not in the major leagues. Yeah, uh, yeah, he is. He is in the major leagues. I don't, I don't is think he? He's start, I don't think he's starting. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's not. The, he's not in the major leagues. They don't know if he's going to be called up. Oh wow! Uh, I thought they announced he was on the sixty man. Okay. No, he's not. That that I've seen. Huh. Uh, anyways, that's it for the week in entertainment and sports. We're not talking about the Kardashians today. That's for sure. Thank God. <laughs> Oh, oh, by the way, NHL rumors. Uh, by, by the way, hockey starts. The NBA starts, NBA starts tonight. Mm -hmm. Hockey starts Saturday. So I'm looking forward to this uh, round-robin uh, NHL playoff run. So oh, yeah. for the Rangers and the Islanders and throughout the league, as everybody knows, the NHL playoffs is obviously the best. Absolutely. So we're, I'm looking forward to that starting Saturday. Hopefully there won't be any COVID-19 sightings over there. That's it in today in sports, week in sports. There you go. Anyways, um, as you guys know, we will be talking to Baylor football offensive guard recruit Tate Williams at 630. Before we get into that, I've got a lot to talk about, okay? And I, I'm a little bit upset about a couple of things that are going on in sports. First of all, I will get into the Joey Bosa um, signing. I mean, the Bo Joey extension, Bosa contract yeah. extension, which is $136 million, if I'm not mistaken. 135 over five years. It's the highest paid contract for a pass rusher. I, again, Joey Bosa, besides injury, he's one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Look at the numbers. Now, is Nick Bosa going to be better than Joey? We don't know. Nick Bosa has only been in the league for one year. You saw him take his team all the way to the Super Bowl, the San Francisco 49ers, completely transitioned the offense of the way he – I mean the defense the way he did in one year. Defensive players of that magnitude, including Joey Bosa, can change everything, every fortune for a team. If you could squeak into the playoffs, defense wins championships. I don't care what anybody says. Look at all the championships and all the championship teams in the last couple of years – even the Kansas City Chiefs, last year, last year when they won the Super Bowl, as good as Patrick Mahomes was in the, play, in the Super Bowl, especially in the fourth quarter with the last seven minutes of the game, the defense had to hold San Francisco, and they did that. And you look at what the defense did for, throughout the playoffs and really throughout the Super Bowl, you can see the difference of what defense could do if you have a top defensive pass rush as well as the Kansas City Chiefs did. Right, and even looking at the AFC Championship game the, the, the week before, if they didn't bottle up Derrick Henry in the second half like they did, you're not talking about them in the Super Bowl at all because that was a problem all year for them was their run defense. And they did the same thing the Niners in the fourth quarter, a highly pro prolific rushing attack, and they were able to stop them, especially on the interior. I do believe that when you look at the NFL and some of the NFL players, I think they're overpaid. Uh, also in the major leagues. But as Alex Rodriguez says, there should be a salary cap. Alex Rodriguez that uh, made about $700 million from the Texas Rangers and the New York Yankees. So, again, we won't be taking advice from Alex Rodriguez, who's trying to buy the New York Mets. And what's going on with that? <laughs> Who knows? Um, that's all about the Wilpons. We, we, we hear the Wilpons a couple of weeks ago trying to sell the team, and now all of a sudden everything is – Held, and we don't even know where this is going. Where you know is is Steve Cohen? Is it a Rod or or is it uh, the the group of Harris, uh, the 76ers owner? I I don't know. But anyways, uh, going back into Joey Bosa, 
I, I think Joey Bosa is one of the best and young, ta- best young talent defensive players we've seen in a very, very long time. Like I said, Nick Bosa might be a better player, but Nick Bosa is, is still kind of a rookie. So we have to see him develop. Joey Bosa, the only problem with this contract that really bothers me is the length of the, the five years. And this guy's an injury-prone player. He's been an injury-prone prone player since he's come into the league. And what bothers me about this, it's going to hold them out. And they did – obviously, they brought in a quarterback in, uh, in the draft this year. So that – you don't have to overpay a quarterback moving forward. You have a quarterback for the next five years in the first round. So we'll see how he develops. But this is a team that has Melvin Ingram, who's going to be expecting a big contract. Uh, there's a lot of defensive players. Derwin James, who might be just like Jamal Adams in the near future, expecting a big-time contract. Chris Harris, if he plays well this year, could get one, too. Yeah, so deal. You, you have all these young defensive players that want these big contracts, and you give Joey Bosa a contract like that. This could really strap you for the next couple of years. Now, Joey Bosa is making around... $35, $36 million a year now, if you look at the contract. Right. It's interesting because the Chargers have been notoriously cheap over the years in terms of not paying their players, uh, especially at, in the prime of their careers. So in terms of the actual salary cap situation, it's not going to hurt them right it's now. It's actually 28-something, okay. $28 million yeah, a so year. We'll see down the road if it does end up hurting them because you're right. That is a huge contract to give. And the, the Chargers, if they do end up having to let other players go, if they are injury prone or if they don't develop well, that's going to make a big difference in terms of it. Right now, I think they're okay because, like you mentioned, they don't have to pay Herbert for a while, especially, again, with the new They better hope he develops. Right. I think he is. Especially, I think he's the best right. quarterback especially in the draft. With, especially with the new first-round pick rules in place. They don't have to pay him based on being a first-round pick. They could pay him based on the performance, too. And they could judge that accordingly. So that'll end up making a difference. Eckler just got a new contract, so they don't have to worry about that. So it's mainly a lot of the other guys with the offensive line and the rest of the defense that is going to make a difference. But they've drafted well, so that has helped them Why? Do well. Why is fans complaining about this contract? Now, Joey Bosa, does he deserve it? I don't know. If, if a team wants to pay him $136 to $135 million, so let them. It's not your money. But here's the problem. This could, this could strap the Chargers for many, many years to come, especially when you have a player like Derwin James. You saw Jamal Adams demanded after two or three years with the New York Jets uh, a long-term deal. Derwin James could do the same thing. Derwin James got injured last year. He was out practically the whole season. That affected their defense, one of the best defenses in the league the year before that. Derwin James' Derwin James's rookie season was an all-pro player. There was an, their corner. I forget the corner's Casey name. Hay- you got Casey Hayward. You got Desmond King. You got King. Of- Desmond King. King was an all-pro player his rookie yep. season, too. And Desmond King did not have a great year last year. So you had two players like Derwin James and Desmond King, who both were all pro players and pro ball players in their rookie seasons. They're gonna if they have another year like they did in their rookie season, they're gonna demand a big time contract as well. So a corner position and a safety position. Now you're seeing safeties get paid the amount of money because you you know Jamal Adams is getting a ninety million dollar contract. If it's not from Seattle, it'll be from the Cowboys or somebody else. They're gonna pay him. Right. Now- and, and you look at the cornerback position. The cornerback position is a highly demand position, and they get a lot of money. Mm-hmm. The other reason I like this contract too is when you look at the who cha- cares what you like. <laughs> well, I don't. It's not your money. 
I didn't say it was my money, but the reason I think it's good, though, for the Chargers is also because they're notoriously iffy at developing defensive ends as it is in defensive linemen in general. Before Joey Bosa came along, they had a really bad drought where they had really no good defensive linemen. They had good outside rushers with Sean Merriman when he was there, Sean Phillips when he was there, but those were I get, weren't four three guys. Those weren't up-front guys, and their run defense was notoriously bad for years. So locking up a player like this who's versatile in pretty much every scheme imaginable, and he's getting bigger. He got bigger last year and, had, again, had a great year when he was healthy. That's why I do like it for a team that, again, historically doesn't do develop these players well. They develop uh, corners and safeties well, like you were saying, and offensive players. But pass rushers have always been a problem for them, so they locked one up big. I'm not surprised when you look at the contract that he was going to get the highest contract in NFL history because you see it keep going up. Every single defensive player, top defensive player that becomes uh, available to sign, these teams are going to pay him a lot of money. The next guy that becomes available is probably going to, next pass rusher is probably going to make 145, 150. And, and it's going to keep going up and up and up until the new CBA rules come out and they're going to transition it. But uh, again, does Joey Bosa deserve $136 million, $135 million? I don't know. I, I, I don't think any athlete deserves $136, $135. Uh, I know a lot of athletes like Eric Coleman has come on and has done the show with me on the Weekend Crunch and has come on the show off air and told me that all the players, whatever uh, whatever they think they're worth, they should get. And I, I agree. If they, they can get the money that they want, they should get it. But again, Joey Bosa, with the injuries that we've seen him have in the last couple of years, it, it would scare me if I was an owner of an organization, knowing that if Joey Bosa does not stay healthy for the next two or three years, you just wasted close to $90 million. Yeah, and he's, uh, he's another one that I think, when we were talking about Chris Jones a couple of weeks ago, he's another one that I think take, took advantage nicely of the fact that the NFL salary cap is probably going to go down next year, whether it's how much, we'll see. But they took advantage of that and they were able to pay him now. And this is the same guy when he was a rookie that took a while to get his rookie contract. So he knows what he's doing when it comes to the negotiations. And again, the Chargers, like I was saying, they're tending to him because they've had trouble finding pass rushers. And pass rushers are very important now and ha- always have been. And, and the pass rushing position is uh, when you look at the most important positions in professional football, I'll go from top to bottom. Number one, quarterback. Number two, offensive left tackle. Number three, Pass rusher, number four, corner. Those are the four most important, highly profiled, most money positions in professional football. Running backs don't make a lot of money. Even Le'Veon Bell, he's one of the best running backs in the league, and, and he was out for a season, and he got $13 million from the Jets. Ezekiel Elliott got $15 million to $16 million from the Cowboys. Uh, Gurley got $14 million. The top running backs do get the money, but then you have guys like Melvin, Gor- Melvin Gordon, who didn't get the contract from the Chargers, went to the Broncos and made, I, I, think, he's making, I think he's making like $9 million. Yeah. So uh, Melvin Gordon, who's one of the best running backs, who's been one of the best running backs in the league for the last four or five years, He's not getting the contract that he thought he deserved. And these guys, especially Melvin Gordon, might never get another contract after this because running backs' careers in the NFL are really a five- to six-year span. And Melvin Gordon's been in the league for about four. Not only that, he's on a team now where he's not going to get the feature carries role like he might do. Philip Lindsay's still there, too, so he's going to get his touches. I don't think they're going to take it away Melvin Gordon's going to be the number one running back. I agree, but I'm just saying the splits are not going to be as drastic as they were early in his career where he's going to have a chance to prove himself to elevate himself into that $15 million a year type running back. But in any athlete, you're going to argue, I'm not an athlete. Well, I was an athlete. I'm no longer an athlete. If I was in a professional sport, if I was in the MLB, the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, 
I'm going to want the most money I could possibly get. So does Joey Bosa deserve $135 million? Probably not. But if his agent and if the Chargers want to give him that kind of money, he's going to take it. Why not? He deserves it in his eyes. And he, remember, I think last year, even with an offseason, I think he had nine or eight sacks. And for a guy that barely played, if you look at his last three years, he's missed a significant amount of time. And he still averages between nine and ten sacks a season. His rookie year was crazy good. I think he had 12, and he missed the first five games of the year or something like that. I think if you look at I don't have his numbers right now, but if you look at Joey Bosa, Joey Bosa, I think in the four years he's been in the league, or three years, I'm trying to pull up his numbers. He's right been in now. the league four years, that I know for sure. Again, it's probably more the equivalent of three, though, with the injuries. Joey Bosa in 51 games has 40 sacks. He's almost averaging, he's uh, 10, 11 sacks away from averaging a sack a game. Okay? That's 40 sacks. 40 sacks in 51 games. He's got more than Clowney does in 90 something games. Okay? And, that's, and Clowney wants $15 million guaranteed. And Clowney's not worth that. Joey Bosa is a better player, a younger player, and he played less or way less games. Last year he played 16 games, and he had 11.5 sacks. That's a good season for a pass rusher. Yep. And how many, how many pass rushers in the NFL had over 10 sacks? Maybe 10? Probably, yeah. That's it. And Joey Bosa, had he was one of them. So does Joey Bosa deserve that kind of money? Uh on the level of who he is, absolutely. Do I think any athlete or any NFL player deserves $135 million worth about $26, $27 million a year? Uh, no, that would be a no. But Joey Bosa is going to get whatever his agent can get him and whatever the team wants to offer him. So um, I am not surprised that Joey Bosa got the money that he got. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we will be talking to Baylor football offensive guard recruit Tate Williams here on Below the Mic. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Below the Mic. We are live every single Thursday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. New York Eastern Time. Remember... You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. You can call us at 631-965-4990. Wow. Uh, We have a great show, like I said. We had a great, great show lined up for you guys. Our first guest, I I was looking forward to interviewing him. He's an offensive lineman. We've interviewed a lot of top-ranked offensive linemen, top recruits. I was looking to interview this guy. We are now talking to Baylor football offensive guard recruit Tate Williams. What's going on, Tate? Hey, good. I'm doing all right. How are you? I, I heard you're on vacation over there. Where'd you go? We went to uh, Fort Aransas, Texas. We went down there and hang out on the beach for a little bit. Big four two day starts this year, mm-hmm. but uh, we had a we had a good time. I think we stayed four days down there, and it was it was it was worth it. It was a lot of fun. How are you? And your family doing with this pandemic? Oh, we're, we're, we're getting by. We've managed to get away with it. None of us got a hold of it yet, but, uh, I mean, and none, none of it's over, so just keep keep up the precautions. And, I mean, you know, we go on vacation. We still uh, wearing masks and sanitizing everywhere. So, uh, but uh, we're, we're, staying, we're staying healthy. Now, uh, we've asked a lot of these different recruits this same question. What... 
What made you decide to go to Baylor? When when the coach when when coach came to you with some of the recruiting um, uh, assistant coaches came to you came talk to you and your family. What persuades you to take Baylor out of all the other teams that were recruiting you? Well, you know, uh, it was mainly the relationship I built with uh, a lot of the coaches and even some of the players on the team. Um, uh, especially uh, James Blanchard, he went off to the Panthers with Coach Rule, but he was he was really one of the deciding factors in my opinion. And then Coach McGuire and Coach Wickline, uh, all three of those guys were big. Uh, played a big part in my decision as well as the academics that Baylor provides and uh, it's uh, it's a great degree and I think is for is best for my uh, path that I'm going to take. I'm sure obviously you watch a lot of Big 12 football being in Texas so that you always know that there's they've always been an offensive conference for the most part although the offensive numbers are always inflated. As an offensive lineman did, did that sway your decision to join Baylor over maybe other teams from other conferences? Well, I mean, I'm, I've really never watched a whole lot of football, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm, I just, I'm a, I'm a farm kid, so I work a lot. And I mean, uh, I just kind of watch football if I ever have time to, and I really, I've never, (laughs) watching football has never really been a big deal for me. It's just, I enjoy playing it. We are talking to Baylor football offensive guard recruit Tate Williams. Now, Knowing that Coach Rule went to Carolina, did that possibly persuade you to maybe look at another school, maybe decide to take your talent somewhere else, or you you wanted to stay over there at Baylor and see what you can do over there at Baylor? Well, I never talked to Coach Rule over the phone, and I never had a conversation with Coach Rule. So, uh, um, I mean, his his leaving really never didn't changed much for me and you know even though they had a very successful season last year uh coach aranda is going to be as good or even better in in my opinion he's a great coach coming from a great program at lsu and i feel like he's going to do big things at baylor the texas football culture is definitely one of the best in the nation Uh, they go all out for high school football they have these big stadiums for a lot of the championship games for high school football and now you're going to probably the second most best school in terms of college football after Texas in terms of well-known identity. Obviously this year there might not be any fans. It probably won't be any fans, but what do you expect for college football going forward in terms of the culture, the atmosphere in Texas and throughout the big 12? Well, I, I, I'm expecting to have a full season this year. Um, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of schedule changes so far, especially with high school football, but uh, um, the, the fans do play a big part, especially in Texas football. Uh, I go to a 3A school, and we have a packed house almost every Friday night. Anywhere we go, fans come with us. Um, I mean, it's a really big deal, and I think it'd change a lot of a lot of things if if fans weren't allowed to be there. And I mean, it would be it'd kind of be a different atmosphere in general. Tate, uh, the name Tate is. I, I remember when I when I think of Tate, the Tate movie that I used to watch when I was a kid, it was Little Man Tate. And I I think of the name Tate. It's it's like a small man, but you're a big, large man. You're an offensive tackle. You work on the farms. You're a farm boy. What is it like playing the position as an offensive lineman? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses at the position? Well. Um... So I, I some of the I guess I strengths I view on myself is I'm I'm quick. I may not be the strongest guy out there, but I mean I can I can move my weight well in my opinion. And 
Um, I'm quick, and I, I've got a decent bad level. I'm good at staying low. I'm good at getting under people. Uh, something that I, I probably need to work on is pass protection. Uh, we run a, a wishbone, triple option style offense, and so we don't we, we don't have an actual pass set. And we uh, um, we made pass four to five times a game, and the rest of the time it's just uh, stay low and get on the ground and get people off the line of scrimmage and get two or three yards of play. And that's that's our style of offense. We remember. So, uh, oh, okay. Sorry, guys. Go ahead, Jake. know the pass protection style of offense is going to be new for me, and I'm going to have to be something I'm going to have to work on. So we were talking about uh, the size, and Errol saying you're one of the biggest guys, obviously, on your high school football team. I looked at your uh, your physique. You're 6'4", 264, according to uh, 24-7 sports. So it's obviously big for high school football, but for an offensive lineman in general, it's on the smaller side. But you were mentioning how quickness is a big deal now, and we're seeing football, both college and NFL, shift to more exotic-type offenses. Do you see those types of smaller, quicker linemen that are maybe in the 300, low 300s, or even the 290 range taking over? Yeah, I, I think so. And uh, uh, from what I've been hearing from some of these other coaches, is that's what they're, that's what they're looking for is the smaller, more athletic linemen uh, that aren't just dead weight. I mean, they want linemen that can move and linemen that can get around because – you know, and I, I think the football game itself is evolving, especially in the trenches. You know, you look at you look at these new D tackles and D ends; they're getting faster and they're getting quicker and more lean, I guess. And you you have to have to combat that. You've got to have offensive line and they can move with them. So, in my opinion, I think that's going to be where the game goes in the next couple of years. We are talking to Baylor football offensive guard recruit Tate Williams. Tate, knowing that Baylor, if there is a season, Baylor is probably not going to have fans. And a lot of these young players, these recruits, wanted to experience the fan and, and, and the fans and, and, and really everything, the buildup to the game. What is your thoughts to moving forward with this season, if there is a season, playing at Baylor? Well, I mean, I, uh, no. <laughs> I think the, the buildup to the, the, the what? No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, I, the build-up to the game is a big part of it, but uh, you know, I think I think it all comes down to uh, who comes out ready to play. Uh, more or less, just uh, the team itself builds up enough hype, and I think that'll be that'll be the deciding factor on who comes out ready to play and who's more worried about what's going on in the bleachers. Of the Big Twelve opponents that you will be facing, which one are you most looking forward to facing, and why? Oklahoma State, OU. Uh, you know, I watched. I did watch that game last year. Uh, Baylor lost OU and uh, in overtime, losing the Big Twelve championship. And you know, that's some. I think that'd be that'd be quite the. Uh, you know, come back and get a, get a little burden or a grudge against them. So come back and take that, that win against OU. Tate, I look at you know going down south, going out west uh, to the farmlands. I, I've done this. We live in Long Island. Uh, if you go out west, there's a lot of farms. There's a lot of cows. There's a lot of horses. And one of my favorite things to do out west, or I mean, sorry, out east, is cow tipping. Have you ever cow tipped before? And if you have, um, how many times have you done it? <laughs> well, I've, I've never been cow tipping. We really don't. Uh, we, we don't have many cows, but we, we feed out cows and we butcher and process all of our own meat. We've got our own setup down at our place. Um, 
but we do sell. I, I, me, my sister and I grow watermelons in the summer. We've really? Got, we've got two acres of watermelons that we grow from seed and sell them at the markets during the summer, and uh, we normally sell for anywhere around a thousand melons every summer. Wow! Uh, between. Uh, wow! Look at you, man! You're an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't mix the meat and the watermelon together. Then you'll end up with some gross combinations. Well, hold on one second. You can, have, you can have meat before you have watermelon. Watermelon no, will I be No, I at the same time. Well, who would do that except you, Speedy? No, I wouldn't. I'm huh. telling him not to do that. I, I think he's smart enough not that, to do that. Okay, I'm the one that's mixture picky. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, you are, in addition to football, you also enro- uh, were recruited for track at Baylor as well. And how do you think that's going to help your football game, maybe even vice versa, in terms of the skills of different track events? Obviously, if you're one of the javelin throwers or discus, one of those, I don't know what you end up doing with that. How do you think those skills help your football game? So, you know, throwing the shot and disc, I'm a spinner in both of them. Uh, and it, uh, the technique for both shot and disc requires a lot of, uh, a lot of footwork, a lot of technique drills. Um, and it, it, I, it definitely helps with, you know, footwork and being able to know where your feet are uh, and keeping your feet under you. Uh, it takes a lot of patience, especially with a discus. I mean, it's a very technical sport, uh, contrary to what many people think. You can't just show up and throw it. I mean, it takes a lot of time and effort to practice that. And I think it it correlates directly to um, to footwork on the offensive line as well. Um, and I believe that it will be beneficial to me on the football field. Well, Tate, I want you to show me how to throw those discs so I can throw Speedy a little bit uh, a long way because sometimes <laughs> he just bugs the hell out of me on this show, and uh, I want to throw him. So I use my – I actually have this big, huge fly spotter beside me, and I usually smack him in the back of the head during the live show. It's really, really funny, uh, but it's about the size of his head. So it's one of those big fly swatters. So if you ever need to use it, I'll send it to you over there your way so you can use it with Baylor. There you go. There you go. I mean, I'm trying to help you here. As you guys know, we are talking to Baylor football offensive guard recruit Tate Williams. Now, looking at the offensive position and the position and, and your style of game, you're fast, you're strong. When you look at the NFL style of game and you look at some of these offensive linemen like Speedy was talking about, where some of them are like 364 pounds, six foot six, six foot seven, that can run the 40 in five seconds flat. Do you see yourself as an NFL style of player? Do you see yourself in the future playing in the NFL or, or you're just doing it for the college education and the growth of Baylor football? Well, I mean, if, if if the opportunity does present itself, I would it'd be it'd be a great deal to go play, uh, go play in the league. But you know, I, I still got another year of high school and four or five year, more years of college to get there. That getting hurt, or you know, uh, see if I'm tired of it yet. But uh, you know, I I think it'd be it'd be it'd be a big deal if I if I do get that opportunity, and I'd, I'd be willing to take it. But uh, I got a long way to go before then. Good, maybe maybe we can add you to the Jets offensive line because they need all the help they can get. Sir? I said maybe we can add you to the Jets offensive line in the near future. We need all the help we can get. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to the football and track thing, uh, two-sport athletes just in general, we're seeing it become more of a dying art, even in, even in youth sports and even in high school. We're seeing a lot of sports coaches now, they want to sp- – 
focus on being specialists. We interview a lot of baseball prospects that said all they do is play baseball and pitch and stuff like that. And again, I'm sure the same thing happens with football. Do you think the two sport athletes returning in college or even in high school levels, but especially in college, because that's where it's really fading away, could ever become a good trend again? Well, I mean, I, I think so, depending on whether or not it's, it's the same sport, because, I mean, I, I played three sports in high school. I played football, basketball, and I throw shot in the games. Um, but, you know, once you get to college, I think I think in high school it's a good thing to play multiple sports. So you have that uh, – you're, you're using different muscles to do different things all the time, so you're just overall becoming a better athlete. But once you've – I think once you get to the collegiate level, uh, you're – whatever you choose, I think you should stick with. Um, and, you know, track track is just kind of its own thing because it's not really a, a technical specialist sport unless you're in the in any of the field events. Um, uh, and so, like, running or whatnot uh, goes along with football. Like, a lot of football players do run track, too, just because they're fast. Like, a lot of running backs will run the 100 or the 200 or the 400. I mean, they've got that, that quick burst of speed. But, uh, you know, like playing basketball and football at the same time really doesn't work out in college. We are talking to Baylor football offensive guard recruit Tate Williams. Tate, you, you grow watermelons, which is very, very intriguing and very interesting. What other things that you do besides play football, besides farm? Do you like to dance? Um, do you like to play Beirut? What do, you, what do you like to do on the side with your family, friends? What, do, what is your favorite thing to do? Well, I go, I go hunting. Uh, I go fishing every now and then. I enjoy that. I play a little bit of guitar and. Oh, what? Uh, oh, really? You play the guitar? What could you play on the guitar? Uh, I mean, I, I play acoustic, and a lot of times it's just messing around. I mean, I don't, I don't really take it too serious. I mean, it's just kind of pick a little here, pick a little there. Oh, women love it, man. You take that to Beller. I mean, you can sing and uh, play acoustic guitar to a woman. Uh, you'd be surprised how many women will draw to you magnetically, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what else do you like to do? Well, uh, I mean, I like I like going hunting and uh, going fishing, going out on the lakes, a lot of fun. Uh, me and my buddies like to go right around the lake on on, on a boat, jet ski, whatever. Uh, I enjoy that going to and you know just just being able to hang out with some friends and mm-hmm. have a good time. You're a kid, so uh, I know a lot of different kids like to do a lot of different things, especially over there out west, down south. Uh, we've asked a lot of different kids, of different recruits, what do they like to do, and you'd be surprised what they tell us. So the fact that you like to hunt and fish and whatever else you like to do with your friends, that's a lot more normal with some of the things we've heard. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so being an avid hunter and fisher, what is the – what is the most surprising thing that you've hunted down and caught fishing? Well, uh, you know, I, I like, I like duck hunting. Um, I mean, I, I, I do a lot of that and, you know, we, we, we our our is hunting. We go out on a four wheeler and spotlight and find the, find the rabbits. I mean, we, we shoot jackrabbits. They eat, they eat our cotton. I mean, we are, we're not just going around shooting them for, for fun. They're, uh, I mean, it's actually, actually a purpose to it and it's not i mean it's not just a sport but uh, uh anyway we kill those uh just run around with a 22 and then we've got uh raccoons and foxes and whatnot but we go we go out at night probably stay out sometimes till two or three in the morning just having a good time out there um you know i enjoy that and especially dove hunting is my favorite you know it's, there's a lot of action involved with it and can't, can't hardly be a fried dove and 
cream cheese popper uh, <laughs> is pretty good. Really? I've never had that before. Yeah, bacon wrap, cream cheese, a little bit of jalapeno. It's, it's really good. Hmm. Mm. Now, Speedy likes jalapenos. I, I don't <laughs> like them. Yes, I don't I, like them. Errol is not a fan of spicy food. I no, am. <laughs> no. I unless you want to, you want to smell me in the bathroom. I think you'd keep me away from that. That's for sure. Yeah, it's going to be hard for you to survive <laughs> in Texas. If that's the case. But if you like the hunt, you can take Speedy on on the hunt, and you can hunt Speedy. That would be interesting. You and your guys uh, let him run for a couple, a couple of miles, and you can hunt him. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> no, we, I, I tell you what, we like. I'll, I don't think we've had hardly any meat from the grocery store that we've bought in a long time. Like we, we butcher our own cows, pigs, anything. We do a lot of almost everything we do ourselves. Mm. Well, I, I'll tell you this. I, I've never, I'm not a hunter. I've never hunted before. I'm not a gunman. So um, I, I've, I've never even been to a gun range. So I, I don't really, a lot of my friends love to hunt. They love to go upstate and hunt. And we have a lot of ducks over here. So, and they like to cross. They love to cross the street, and it holds a lot of traffic. So maybe we should invite you up here to Long Island so you can kill some duck and get them off the streets. <laughs> They're bad, man. I mean, I don't think you've ever been. Have you ever been to New York? That's sure I haven't. Well, if you ever get a chance, and quite possibly could happen in the near future because uh, – your, uh, if you get drafted by a team, maybe it'll be the Jets or the Giants or maybe Buffalo or one of those if you, ever, if you ever do go to the NFL. And if not, you should come up here. We could do a live show, and I'll, I'll show you how many ducks are in the water here out in the summertime. It, it's terrible. I mean, they're so infested over here. If I, if I was going to hunt, I would hunt duck because there's so many of them over here. But I don't want to get myself in trouble on live air, so I'm going to keep my mouth shut right now. <laughs> But I do enjoy cow tipping. That's something that I do enjoy. And you, and and if you don't have cows over there, you definitely got to come up over here. That's another fun uh, little activity that I like to do over here in New York and Long Island. So, well, I'm gonna try that sometime. Well, you know, I I don't want to get you in trouble, and I don't want your father to think that uh, you're abusing animals. But uh, it is uh, quite funny when you see them sleep, because as you know, cows fall asleep standing up. So. They're sleeping, and you kind of, you know, you kind of uh, press your your hips to the middle of their um, their body, and slowly dip your body and put your weight into it, and they fall over. It's it's really really funny. I just it's not. I've heard stories that some cows have died from that, so I don't want to get myself into trouble now. Uh, but uh, it is really really funny. As you guys know, we are talking to Baylor football offensive guard recruit Tate Williams. Now, Tate, I, I know a lot of people uh, look at the position, the offensive tackle position, and they, they don't realize how important a position is. What made you choose to play the position at offensive tackle? Did you ever play a running back position? Did you ever play any other position in high school, or was it always offensive tackle? Well, I've always played uh, offensive line. I think I've, I played a little bit of center in seventh grade, but no, I've always been either guard or tackle since then. And, you know, I, I really, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I, I've always thought, you know, maybe getting the ball every now and then would be kind of fun, but hell, you get to put, you get to grab hold of somebody and put them on their back every play. They, you can't hardly beat that. <laughs> I know wrestling over there is very popular. So, uh, that's something that a lot of people like to do over there. So, uh, uh, is, is your school a very big wrestling school or is it mainly football? No, sir. We don't. We actually don't have a wrestling team. Really? Uh, we're, mm. Wow. We're, 
we're a pretty small school. We, I think we are, we're the biggest class to ever go through, and we've got 101 kids. Wow, man. You're the only, are you the only football player that has been accepted to a D1 school, or, or are there a couple more? Uh, actually, I'm, I'll be the first one to go D1 ever from Wall. Really? Think. Now, there was, a, there was a, a guy that walked on to Tech a while back, and then there was uh, another another player. He went and played ASU and Angelo at uh, the D2 school, but he went and played for the, the Patriots and won a couple Super Bowls with him, hmm. I think. His name was uh, Clayton Weissman. Oh, okay. I know who he is. Yeah, yep. that name sounds familiar. I know who he is. I was, that was actually when the Patriots were actually in the start of their regime, you know, with Bill Belichick. That right. was the first, sure. the first two Super Bowls. I remember him, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's from your school? Yes, sir. He was. He went to school at Wall High School. Really, really. Look at that, man. I, so we learned something new. You're you're the first player to go to a D one school from your school. That's very interesting. Very, very interesting. All right, your favorite game you ever played in, and the craziest game you ever played in. Well, uh, probably favorite game I've ever played in uh, last year is game one. We played. Uh, we played Mason High School. And it was it was broadcast on uh, Fox Sports Southwest, and that was that was pretty cool experience. I really enjoyed that, and you know they had there was people packing both sides of the stands. They were videoing us getting off the bus. I mean, it's just the the atmosphere was crazy. And I mean, we ended up winning forty seven to seven, and the year before they beat us by a touchdown. So it was kind of a uh, it felt pretty good to to win that one. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Probably the craziest game we played in. We played Breckenridge. It was district game or no Jim Ned. Jim Ned. It was a district game, and I think the score ended up being like seven to nine or seven to fourteen or something like that. But it was a defensive grudge match the whole game, and I mean neither one of us could get any offense going. And man, that that game was just high tension the whole time. We are talking to Baylor football offensive guard recruit Tate Williams. Before we let you go, I ask all the recruits three personal questions, and they're funny questions. Are you ready? Let's go. Here we go. Question one, boxers or briefs, and why? Uh, definitely boxer briefs. <laughs> why is that? I don't know. <laughs> they're a whole lot more comfortable in it. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> Now you could tell Anthony we had a guest that likes boxer briefs. There you go. So we got one. We got one out of many. I mean, we've interviewed like 40 recruits so far, and you're one of them. And a lot of them just went with briefs. I've had uh, on my caged in MMA show, uh, my MMA show, we went back and forth. He says, why would you ask boxer briefs? They're just briefs or boxers. I was like, no, there are boxer briefs. But uh, it's funny. But anyways, favorite snack to eat and why? Sir, favorite snack to eat and why? Oh, uh, I like the little TJ Friday's potato skin. Those things are good. That's Speedy's favorite. You I guys would be buddies. I love those. Too. You guys could be buddies. I don't know. I wonder who can eat more. This guy has. Uh, I'll tell you this. If you look at this guy, and I'll I'll tell you, Tate. This guy is one of the skinniest, smallest guys you'll ever see, and this guy can eat 
most big guys out of the right out of the ta- right off the table. I'm serious. I wonder if we had a potato skins eating contest, who would win, you or him? Who do you think would win? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to put my money on me. <laughs> well, well, if you ever come back, if you ever come to New York. We should have that. I, oh, I, yeah. That's happening. That, that would be great. I, I, I think that would be fun to watch and actually videotape Tate Williams, Baylor recruit. By, the, by then, you'll probably be on Baylor, or you might be in the NFL. Maybe we'll get you over here, and you'll have a potato skins eating contest with Speedy Petey, and we'll try to raise money for uh, um, one of these organizations, one of, maybe a cancer organization of, of some kind. That would be really, really fun and very, very uh, interesting to see a skinny guy and a big guy like you uh, having a contest like that. I'll take you up on that. Okay, I'm, I'm being serious. I, I, I'll definitely get you up here, and we would love to see that happen. But wait until COVID-19 ends, whenever that happens. And last question. Blondes or brunettes, which one would you prefer? Oh, I don't know. I think I gotta go with brunettes. You know. Well, you're a blonde. That's why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta go with a the brunette. There, the, the blondes are always a little bitchy. <laughs> I haven't heard that before with any of the recruits. Blondes are a little ditzy, so I'm going to go with the brunettes. <laughs> Tate, tell the fans how they can find you on social media. Uh, my Twitter is Tate.William underscore 79, and then Instagram is the same thing. Well, we got to get you. We got to get you more fans on Twitter because I'm looking at your Twitter right now, and it's a shame you have some personality, dude. And you only have 565 people that follow you, so we got to get you more fans. So, uh, so we got. Okay. I got it right over here at Tate Williams seventy nine, and well, and I'm, I'm going to push your Twitter account because we want to get you up at the uh, by the thousand, so you can get more fans, so people can get to know you because you're a great personality. Uh, one more question before we let you go: Who was the person in your family? Was it your mother, your father, your sister, your brother that pushed you to play Division One football? Well, you know, it was, it was really it was kind of my my decision. Uh, my dad played football in high school, and he tore up both of his knees. And my uh, he he decided to just throw. And whenever he got to high school or to college, uh, my grandpa on my mom's side, uh, he he played football for North Texas with me and Joe Green. And you know they were all they were all pretty hesitant about me going and playing football in college, and they'd rather me not do it. But you know, I, I talked to my mom and dad about it, and they were they were okay with whatever I wanted to do as long as I stayed, stayed safe and healthy. And um, something that's kind of kept me that way is I've had my dad told me if I was going to play football, I had to wear knee braces every time I stepped on the track. Well, look so on the, well, look on the bright side. Uh, mommy and daddy are are definitely proud of you because you got a full scholarship, and you don't have to pay out of pocket for that. That's for sure. There you go, man. I, we really appreciate you joining us. And obviously, you're in your high school career right now. So whenever you start your uh, college career at Baylor, we would love to get you back on and talk a little bit about Baylor football and uh, your growth as a player, as an offensive tackle, playing D1 football. How, do you th- how does that sound? That sounds good to me. Thank you for joining us, Tate. Well, I appreciate y'all. 
Absolutely. Tate Williams, offensive tackle. Uh, I'm sorry, offensive guard recruit uh, for Baylor. Great, great interview. Great kid. Great kid. I'm waiting for that potato skin competition. All right, let's whatever, get him. Whatever, whatever you come, I'm ready. Well, well, we'll talk to Tate, and I would love to get Tate uh, involved with that and maybe raise money to uh, help needed children, the poor. Um, I, I don't know. We'll, no, we'll figure awesome. it out. Yeah, it, would awesome. it would be great, and I think Tate would have a lot of fun with it. I think we would have a lot of fun with it, and the fans will have a lot of fun with that. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we will get into the NBA season as it starts tonight. Who do we have going to the NBA championship? When we come back, me and Speedy will argue that here on Below the Mic. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. As you guys know, this is Below the Mic. We are live every single Thursday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. New York Eastern Time. Remember... You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. And you can call us. Yes, you can call us at 631-965-4990. I want to give a shout-out to Baylor football offensive guard recruit Tate Williams for joining us. Great us some good insight of his uh, you know, his high school career and where he seems himself as a, as a football player going to Baylor. Uh, we finally got a hold of this particular athlete, and uh, it's been all day, but uh, I know he's busy. There's a lot of stuff going on over there where he lives in California. As you guys know, we are talking to UCLA wide receiver and defensive back recruit Devin Kirkwood. What's going on, Devin? I'm doing good. How are you? We are good, man. You're laughing. You're giggly. I, I mean, that's good. I mean, I I, I, I want to laugh and giggle, but uh, I'm more than likely going to hide under my table with everything that's going on in the world. I might as well hide behind my under my table because if I'm outside in the open, if I'm not uh, if I'm not out in the humidity trying to boil like a car like a cartoon character, um, I'm, I don't want to be caught with COVID nineteen. How are you and your family doing right now? Me and my family, we're doing we're doing pretty good right now. We train uh, like I train every day to stay in shape, and I try to keep my distance with a lot of people so that I won't have a, like a risk of catching it. And and it's been really good. Me and my mom spend a lot more time together, and me and the family get along a lot better. So I feel like this is like a good thing to help us get closer as a family. Devin, I I read that you're the number 13th rank overall athlete in 2021 recruiting class. How does that feel when you when you hear that that you're ranked in the top 20 of recruits? Uh, that that's really a big big like blessing because like I never like to be honest I didn't think that was gonna like really happen because I was like I just worked hard every day and when I finally like when somebody text me I was like, Dad, you made it in the top thirty made it in the top twenty. I was like, Whoa, for real? Like, that was crazy. I was not expecting that and like that really shocked me and my family because like they was just saying, Your time is gonna come and I was always like, When? When? And then when it finally showed up, I was like, Wow <laughs> Well you have a great personality, that's for sure. We are talking to UCLA wide receiver and defensive back recruit, Devin Kirkwood. Devin, what made you decide to go to UCLA? Obviously, the coaches come and talk to you and your family. Uh, they tell you how great UCLA is from all the different schools that were recruiting you. I'm sure you had 20 or 30 different schools that were recruiting you, knowing that you were a top 20 recruit. What made you decide to go to UCLA out of all the other schools? 
what made me want to go to UCLA? Mm-hmm. The academic standpoint, because like I want to have a challenge, and I always was born and I always loved UCLA because like I was born into a family of Bruins. I love UCLA a lot. My mom went there. My auntie worked at UCLA. A uh, doctor. She was like a doctor there, like a nurse there. Mm-hmm. So, and then also I used to go to their games and I played for the Baldwin Hills Bruins when I was younger. <laughs> So, like, just being able to transition from, from like, playing for Baldwin and then going to Sarah and having a head coach named Coach Aldenberg that's always, like, bro, he's, like, UCLA is, like, the school that you would love it. And I'm, like, I'm, like, all right. And then I've always been on campus. I went to all the – I went to the camps on UCLA. And I like how the environment is different from other schools. I like how they keep academics first and then sports. And then also, I love how they're going to give me, like, they'll, they'll let me come in and get a chance to compete for the starter position. And the reason why I chose, them, like, really high over all the schools is because, like, they're different. Like, a lot of people said that they're not, like, they've been on a downfall. Just like they said at Sarah that we're having a downfall. But they've seen we bounced back as soon as we started. We made, we came back the year, this last year as a team. And I feel like when I go to, I go to UCLA, I can change the culture there and make make it a better team and take back the West Coast. So they just made a big flashy coaching hire a couple of years ago. They hired Chip Kelly, who was a great college coach at Oregon for a while. Then he goes into the NFL and he says some of the craziest. Oh, stop! Years. He did a great job. I like Chip Kelly. By okay, the way, he was. I actually he was kind of up and down in the NFL. Errol liked him. He, I liked him, but I, I mean, he, he was good as a coach, horrible as a GM. I guess we could go with that. Okay. Um, he, he had a very strange NFL career, and then he went back to, to UCLA, and obviously he's one of the biggest names in terms of offensive coaches that we've seen, even at the time of the NFL. Then, especially with the RPO, is there anything specific about his offense or just him as a coach in general that swayed you to come to UCLA? Uh, Chip's, Chip's very different than most coaches. He's all he always tells you like how he how he feels about you and how he sees you fitting into his program. Like he told me straight up, like he feels like I could, and like, I feel like I could come in and make a huge impact on the team right away. Because he said I'm always upbeat, always ready to compete, and I don't shy away from no type of competition. So I feel like this would be the best. I feel like that would have been the best school. And I always talk to Chip Kelly about like he always asks how I'm doing in school. Like, he doesn't just ask about, like, football. He asks about, like, how my day is, how my family is, and how, like, the coach – and how, like, the Sarah coaches are and see, like, how do I communicate with my teammates instead of just seeing how I just do my stuff on my own. Do I help uplift my teammates and bring them to the level I'm on, or do I just try to just be a lone wolf? We are talking to UCLA wide receiver and defensive back recruit Devin Kirkwood. Now, Devin, it says you're a defensive back as well as a wide receiver. What position are you going to play for UCLA? And when you compare and contrast some of the players that we've seen uh, play college football, especially some of the the draft uh, this year when you have Jerry Judy, uh, you have guys like um, um, C.D. Lamb Lamb or uh, Denzel Mims, Mm -hmm. is there a particular player that you can compare your style of game to? Uh, What Chip Kelly had, he told me, he wants me to come in as like a corner for this for his school because he sees he sees how good of a ball player I am on defense and that I'm a very good press cover type of DB. But also, like they they talk to me sometimes, seeing like how how I am on offense, see if I'll be like to see if I'm like a very good offensive player. But I like but I would play I play defense a lot more, mm-hmm. 
and what game I see myself like mimicking and like trying to be like. Yes. C.J. Henderson. Wow. C.J. Henderson mm. from the Florida Gators. Mm-hmm. C.J. Henderson. He is a dog. Like he always talks trash. He's like what I saw on the internet. Like he's one of the best. Like one of the best corners that talks trash in his game, and he still shows his game. Oh wait, like, hold on, hold Devin. on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Devin. So you're a trash talker. Uh, yeah, for sure. Like that. I love it. I love it. I love guys that because to me, the the trash talkers are the ones that can, t- especially the good ones. When they're on the field, and uh, Jalen Ramsey is one of the biggest trash talkers in in the NFL right now. And the one thing uh, great about Jalen Ramsey is when he gets on the field, as much as he talks trash, he puts in the work. He puts in the time and that's why he's one of, if not the best uh, corner in football. So I love that you're a trash talker but could you could you put it on the field as well? Of course. That, <laughs> that's the one thing. Once I get in your head, I know I'm winning. Because now, now that the show not going to look your way, you're going to be really mad and you're going to run routes that don't even, that's not even in the playbook. <laughs> now that's when I start getting, that's when I start getting my picks. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, I, I, I love your personality because uh, the one thing that I love about professional, you know, when I, when I interview some of you recruits and we try to see what, when we ask you the question, do you see yourself as a professional football player and, and try to compare and contrast your style of game to an NFL style of player that came from college, the, the one thing that I, I get from some of these recruits is, they kind of try to hold back. They don't really want to give in some of the questions that we ask. And the fact that you tell us that you like to trash talk and you like to put in the work and really academically is, is, is uh, the part of academics comes first over the game. That's very, very unique in my eyes as a player. Yeah, you got to thank my mom on that. She, she raised me to be like that. Oh, so your so your mother before you decided to go to UCLA, your mother told you academics come first over football. She always told me that growing up because she said you can't go nowhere in life without having academics. Wow, you have a great mom, man. Uh, I'll tell you that right now because a lot of these parents that we and I I, I I never really speak to you know besides asking them a question who pushes them to play professional you know plays college football or, or wants to wants you to go play for uh, professional football. The one thing I've learned is they they really don't open up to say that their parents want them to go play D one football because of academics. They usually want them to go and play where they can earn their opportunities to possibly go play in the NFL. So I, I love the fact that your mom pushes you uh, with academics as well as play football. Yeah, because me and her, we do a competition in this house to see like who brings the home best grade, the best GPA. Oh, yeah? Your mom goes to school? She does. Uh, she goes. She's working to get her doctors at, at USC. Wow. Ooh, rivalry in the family. Look at this. I mean, like, wow, you're, you're, your mom's a scholar, too. Uh, that's That's interesting. That's very interesting. <laughs> so, before I get to my question, I just want to say how coincidental it was that he brought up C.J. Henderson drafted by the Jaguars, and you brought up Jalen Ramsey. I don't know if that was delivered or not. But yeah, that, it was that, delivered. That is pretty ironic. <laughs> so, of those positions that you do play, Devin, uh, receiver, corner, you also play some safety. Do you have a favorite that you like to do? And even though Chip Kelly's having you now go for corner, can you see yourself playing another position down the road, maybe in your uh, junior or senior year at UCLA, if you if you stay on there that long? Uh, what I can see myself is, like, end up 
do it like what Darnay did, like be a hybrid, move around. Like Darnay plays some corner, then he plays some nickel, then he plays some safety. I feel like that's what I end up doing for if I was to stay even longer. I move around from around there, and then I try, you know, I try and get Chip Kelly to see if he'll let me get at least one, like a few plays on offense. <laughs> he <laughs> might. Real peppers. He might. He likes. Real. He he likes to have a lot of wide receivers on the field. He, he sometimes I've seen Chip Kelly have six or seven wide receivers on the field. So and sometimes he have three running backs all around the yeah, So I wouldn't be surprised if he actually asked you to step on the field and play offense. Devin, did you hear us? I'm sorry. I, I don't know if we no, lost I didn't hear you. you. No, no, you hear me? You hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. I oh, can hear you. Oh, no, I said Chip Kelly. I wouldn't be surprised if Chip Kelly actually asked you to play offense one way or another because we've seen him in the NFL and college football with Oregon. Uh, he, he had five, six wide receivers on the field at one time, so I could see him doing that. Uh, I, I feel like you would, too. I feel him. I feel like you would. <laughs> So you're entering now a conference in the Pac-12 that we've always known for years has a lot of parity. There's really no obvious powerhouses. I mean, Oregon was that for a while. Last decade, we saw USC have its stretches like that. But now it's kind of back and forth. We see a lot of different teams go that. Did that help your decision in terms of that, knowing the competition is going to be very good, a lot of crazy games in it? And again, a lot of good football fan bases as well throughout the Pac-12. Uh, what helped, like, what made my help, help me make this decision was like, First of all, the Pac-12 passes more than any other any other conference. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, a DB to show out is in the Pac-12, so I can go out there, get a whole bunch of picks, <laughs> and then come down and make some amazing tackles. And I feel like, what? And then UCLA, being on a come-up, that's when we can make a whole new variety and show that we're – so that they're not some school to sleep on, that they're just going – they can compete with any team. So – by the way, we are talking to UCLA wide receiver and defensive back recruit Devin Kirkwood, which is obviously, if you guys don't know, the number 13th ranked overall athlete in 2021 recruiting class in the nation, which is incredible. It's an incredible feat. No matter what you do moving forward, the be, the be, the be ranked as the 13th best player in the country, it's pretty amazing. But... Um, let me ask you this, Devin. Uh, do you see yourself playing in the NFL? Uh, besides the academic part of going to UCLA, do you see yourself two, three years uh, going into the NFL draft and being an NFL type of player? When I see myself, I'm a very type of like, like player. How I see myself is I want to be the number one. I want to be one of the best DBs in the Pac-12. And I see myself and I could do that. I feel like I could do that at any school, but I chose UCLA. And I feel like that I will, that I'm going to go to the NFL and I'm going to play and I'm going to make my, and I'm going to try and make history and be one of the best DBs in the NFL. Well, let me tell you something. Me and you are going to be best friends because if that's true, I want you to go to the Jets and I want you to be the starting DB for the Jets because we haven't had a good DB since Darrell Rivas. How's that sound? That sounds amazing. I'd go do it too. Well, whenever you do get drafted, and hopefully it's the New York Jets, I'm going to make sure that you come into studio when you're drafted, after you're drafted, and we'll have we'll do a whole show about just you, just you, and where you see yourself in the near future with the New York Jets. How does that sound? That sounds amazing. <laughs> I love his personality. He's very funny. He's got a great personality, Speedy. Yes, he absolutely does. So... 
In terms of the both positions, wide receiver and defensive back, both are becoming more versatile in the NFL. You actually brought it up with Darnay Holmes, who's now on my Giants. I'm a Giants fan. Uh, Jabril Peppers, you brought up. How much could you see that being a role for you at the at the later in the college level and also in the NFL? Do you see that trending for not only the defensive back position but other positions as a whole too, whether it's offense or defense in the front seven, anything like that? Uh, I see it. I see it happening. Like I see it getting better, and I feel like that that would be like my type of thing. Me being able, because since I'm like I'm able to play so many different positions, where you just can't mark me as a one position person, because I can move to the slot. I can stick a I can stick a short fast person. I can stick a tall dude that's out there that's six five going up to get the ball, and I can play safety and come down and fill the hole. So it's like, and then also. You can't say I can't run, like, run routes because then I'll run by you and just catch a bomb on you, and you'll look at the coach like, I, I can't do nothing about it. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking to UCLA, a UCLA wide receiver and defensive back recruit Devin Kirkwood. Devin, uh, you talk about your talents. Uh, first of all, you are you're very tall for a corner. You're six foot two, six foot three. You have I, I I see that you run the forty and four point eight four seconds. Your shuttle is four point five seven. Your vertical is twenty nine point two uh, twenty. I'm, I'm sorry, twenty nine point twenty. So when you look at your style of game, your strengths and your weaknesses. What is your number one strength, and why is why do you push yourself as a player to play that position the way you play that position? My number one strength. Mm-hmm. That's my length. Like, cause like it's so hard to get around a tall DB, and it's so hard to get around like when he has when he knows how to shoot his hands and he can play with his feet. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to get around him because it makes it makes you have to think more. And as soon as you mess up and I hit you with my hands, it's over. Because, like, I can erase route. I can erase the street. I can erase the comeback. I can erase the slant route. I can erase the dig and undercut it and try and, oh, if he throw the dig route, I'm picking that. I'm pick, I'm trying to get a pick six. So, and I feel like, and, if, and on jump balls in the end zone, there's, I'm not getting lost. I'm out here going, I'm going up to lost the receiver. And if you put me at receiver, Oh, it's going to get nasty. I'm telling you, she's a baby. Put me out there. Throw it up. I'm going to get it. Well, I'm watching your clips right now, and uh, you, you have, you're you a lot faster on the field. And, and even though your 40 is 4.84 seconds, uh, you're a lot faster in the game than you are what it shows what your numbers are. So uh, the same thing with a lot of players that I've seen over the years, even Darrell Rivas. I think Darrell Rivas ran his uh, 40 in 4.64 Yeah. And he was a lot faster on the field. And by the way, he was mean, and and he talked a lot too. So, um, how do you who do you compare your 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 style again? I know you say Henderson, but the way you talk on the field, do you compare yourself to a particular player? Why do you talk on the field? And does do you like to get into people's head? Is that why you talk to people on the field? Uh, the people that I compare myself to, that I see myself like game game wise, mm-hmm. Ramsey for sure. Ramsey's a dog. Mm-hmm. Ramsey, uh, Jair Alexander, mm-hmm. and and who's and yeah, CJ Henderson got drafted. Mm-hmm. Them are my guy. Like them are the two guys that I really see myself. The three guys I see being after because they're really like being like really good players. 
and CJ Henderson and Jair and Ramsey, mm-hmm. they talk so much trash, but they they back it up with their game so much. Like they come down and fill on on like holes so fast, and they really and you would think like how people like corners can't really hit, mm-hmm. but them the Ramsey, Jair, and CJ Henderson, they be really out there hitting people. They be forcing fumbles. <laughs> Getting in people's heads, and I love to get in people's heads a lot, because that makes them like. At the end of the game, we gonna still be friends, but during the game, oh, I'm coming at your neck every play, because it's like, at this point, I'm gonna let you know I'm better than you. You're not better than me. I I, I love your personality. I really do. I, I love that he's confident, and he and and th- those are the guys you love because the guys that can. Talk it and go on the field and do it are completely the different different type of person that doesn't talk, go on the field, it doesn't matter where they're ranked, and don't provide the talent on the field. So I love that about you. So as somebody that played multiple positions and also what you're saying is a big trash talker, what position on the field? Because there's other ones too, pass rushers, offensive linemen that trash talk a lot as well. What position do you think is the biggest trash talking position? Uh, the biggest trash-talking position. Oh, it's a corner position. Not even a question. Oh, for sure it's the corner position. Oh, absolutely. Like you, high line. Mm-hmm. You can tell the team, you tell his team and him that he sucks. And then you look at the coach like, is this your man? <laughs> well, we know the prima donna position in the NFL is wide receiver. So, of course, the corner position is the biggest talking position because they got to shut up the prima donnas. <laughs> man. <laughs> You know it. If you want to play in the NFL, there are a lot of prima donnas in the NFL. One of them you know very, very well, Mr. Odell Beckham. So uh, he played in New York for a little while. He's over there with Cleveland. There's a lot of prima donnas in the NFL who expect Antonio Brown is another prima donna that uh, always always wanted. He didn't want to put his hands on. He didn't want anybody to put their hands on him. But when it came down to coming down with the ball, he always put his hands on everybody else. So. Uh, there are a lot of prima donna players in the NFL, and you're going to meet a lot of them playing uh, NCAA football. You know that, and I know that, and everybody knows that. Yes, I, I know I am a lot, but they're going to have to, they're going to have to man up on that field. Well, I want to tell you this: you, you better be following us on social media, my friend. Are you following us? Following y'all? Yeah, you got to follow us, man. What's wrong All with right, you? I'm follow you, you gotta Tell follow right us, now. man. Come on, man. You gotta follow us. Definitely. We we definitely need you following us. We want to stay in touch with you. I think you're a great personality, by the way, man. But before we let you go, I have I ask every single recruit three crazy questions. Are you ready? Yes. Yeah. All right. And and you don't need the books. You don't need academics to answer them. Okay. So here we go. I'm not the dog that. Number one question, boxers or briefs and why? Boxers or briefs? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with boxers because, you know, some, you could, yeah, it's better. Because, like, the wind, it, hey, wind for me because, like, I need to lose. Because if, if it's too tight on me, I can't move. <laughs> Well, well, we know why you're going to UCLA, and it's it's not the football; it's the women. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Anyways, favorite snack to eat, and why? Uh, 
favorite snack? Mm-hmm. Oh, gummy bears. Gummy bears. Mm. Gummy bears. Those are amazing. Well, I'll tell you like, this. I, it's like they, it's just a great. It's just they just taste amazing. Like it's plain, but it's just like you can't get tired of them because everybody, everybody that I know loves gummy bears. Wow. They're like, like there's a like great energy. Like after you know after workout, you throw them, you just start eating them. Or during the workout, you be like, man, I don't feel like working out no more. You just keep eating them. <laughs> or you just chilling at home. You just start eating them. Like, it's just, it's just, you can just eat them anywhere, basically. Well, well, you and Floyd Mayweather would be very good friends because if you've ever seen his candy collection, you'd probably have a heart attack. He's got a whole room full of gummy bears and gummy worms. Have you ever had gummy bear juices? Yes. Those are good, man. <laughs> I'm addicted to those things, man. I can eat a whole bear by myself, man. <laughs> I, I, me and you have something in common because I do like candy. I try to stay away from it. I got I to gotta keep my man figure because I'm not your age. I'm not 17, 18, 19 years old. I'm 38, man. I, I'm in good shape. But, you know, if I eat, I eat a bag of gummy bears, I better uh, get to the gym and, and uh, run a couple of miles or something like that because I need to burn off those gummy bears. So got to stay a little bit away from that. All right. Last question. Brunettes and, or blondes and why? You think Kunek or blonde? No, 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 no. I said brunettes or blondes. Tick tock, tick tock. You there? No, I'm thinking. I'm like, I'm trying to. Oh my god! I was. I thought we lost you. (laughs) Oh no! That's what happens when you give them the tough questions. (laughs) That's the toughest question I I asked them. You said brunettes or blondes? Brunettes or blondes? No, no, no. Brunettes, like brunettes for women. Women. Brunettes or blondes? Oh, brunette. Brunette, like a brunette, like a dark hair, dark hair woman or a blonde hair woman. Which one would you prefer? Dark haired. Okay, all right, all right. Dark hair. I'm trying to help you here, man. I, maybe you're. I know you know it's, it's all about academics, but you know when you go over there to school, you're going to see a lot of blonde hair, blue eye women, and you're going to see a lot of brown hair, brown eye women. And I'm, I'm just asking. I'm trying to get to know you a little bit, so you know, ask you these uh, silly I, questions. I, I don't discriminate. I don't discriminate. Okay, you don't discriminate. But, I like but, that. Know, just, I know it ain't just about academics. Mm. I know it ain't, but I still got to have my fun. Mm. Are you a party animal? What kind of what kind of music do you like to listen to? Oh, I like to listen to I like to listen to a whole bunch of like rap, R and B, and just them too. Cause like, man, who's your who's your who's your who's your favorite artist? Uh, my favorite artist. Mm-hmm. Favorite artist. Right now, mm-hmm. right now, my favorite. One of my favorite artists. I got two, Lil Baby and Blueface Twins. Hmm, interesting, Little Baby. A lot of the, a lot of you recruits that you guys like this Little Baby. I mean, seriously, I'm actually a very well known DJ um, out here in New York, and uh, I a lot of people ask me to play Little Baby. I I, I don't understand why, but I, I guess a lot of people like that music. <laughs> I, I, hey, I, 
You gotta listen to it. I do, I do. I listen to it, man. I'm a big I'm a big hip hop fan too, but I I'm more like the old hip hop. I like Big Pun, I like Jay Z, I like Tupac, uh Big L, Biggie Smalls. I'm not uh, into some of these new hip hop artists like Little Baby or Little Wayne. I like Drake. I, my friend Eggs actually he travels with Drake. He's one of uh, Drake's DJs. So um, I, I know a couple of hip hop artists. Um, I, I went on tour uh, with Mary J. Blige for a couple of years. So I, I know a, lo- a lot of different artists in the in the game. So uh, I'm very surprised, Little Baby. Uh, and you like any rock? Are you a rock fan? I, I when I be with my friend Brody. I listen to it, but most not all the time though. Oh yeah, what what kind of what does Brody like to listen to? <laughs> I don't even be know. I just he doesn't even know. <laughs> I just be in there with him, just listening. Well, I'll tell you this, man. You have a great personality, and and being that you know, even before we got you on, you're you just have a. You could tell that you like to laugh, you like to giggle. Academics come first over sports. You, you sound like you have a good, a good family behind you, a good mom, a good family, your grandmother, your aunt. It seems like you have a very, very good family behind you. I, I wish nothing but the best for you. I want, I want to stay in touch with you, man, Devin. I, I want to see your growth as a UCLA uh, Bruin and, and really uh, in the future in the NFL and hopefully the New York Jets uh, draft you because I, I would love to see you play for the Jets. I love your personality. I, I love people that are not afraid to speak and, and speak their mind, and you're one of those guys. Thank you because I, I wasn't like this back then, though. No, you were a quiet guy, academic. You were one of those uh, those geeks in the class, and, and you were just a good football oh, nah, player. No, no, no. I wasn't like those geeks. It took, it took me a minute to – I ain't okay. It took me a minute. I was a little hardhead back then. Mm-hmm. So was I, man. I, I, I was a hardhead, too. Football and then academic. I, I love that. I love that. What is your grade point average coming out of uh, high school? My grade point average? Mm-hmm. Oh. It's between a it's between a three eight to a four point oh. Wow, you're a smart guy too, man. Uh, a scholar. Trying to get there. Oh, stop, stop being that way. Three point eight, three point nine, four point oh. That that's that's practically a hundred stu- an A student. So, I mean, you're pretty you're pretty smart, my friend. You better be following us on social media. I do on Twitter. You gotta follow us on Instagram too, buddy. I mean, same right, thing. You gotta follow us. Yeah, and you gotta follow me too, man. I'm gonna send you my my Twitter. Me and you are gonna be Twitter buddies because I I am going to push the Jets to draft you three years down the road. I'm telling you right now. I am going to reach out to the New York Jets organization, Joe Douglas, because he will be in. Adam Gase won't be there, but Joe Douglas would. <laughs> Um, and I will, I will reach out to them, and I will absolutely push them to draft you because I believe you're going to be a star. Love your personality, my friend. Errol will also send you some gummy bears. And gummy bears. Hey, by, by the way, by the way, you know what I'm going to do for you? If you have in your first season more than four interceptions, I will send you a six-month supply of gummy bears. Oh, How's that sound? That sounds amazing. I'm, ser- I'm serious. I'm serious. I am. I got you. I got you too, man. I'm serious. I'll give you six month share of gummy bears, and I will send it in a box. I will. I will get it specially for you, and I will mail it to you. 
Okay, okay. I'm telling you, I got you. I'm about to go out there and go get that money. Uh, I know you do, and I know you will. I'll tell you that right now. You don't need any money, man. You just go out there, get four or more interceptions your first year, and I will send you a six-month supply of gummy bears. All right, I know you do, and that's why I'm going to send it. I'll, and I'll send you all different kinds. It won't just be the same gummy bears. I'll make sure I get you all different kinds of them. Thank you. Uh, Thank I'm serious, man, but you're going you're gonna to have to follow me on social media too, my, my Twitter page. Oh, I'm new, oh, man. Oh, I I'm, I'm new on Twitter. I don't go on Twitter a lot, but I want you to follow me. We're going to stay in touch. I, I, I love your personality. And uh, we'll definitely keep in touch. And, and when the season starts, uh, just make sure Chip uh, calms down and, 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 and uses you in the right directions because uh, I, I want to see UCLA as a national champion. All right. I got you. Hey, I'm, I'm, I got to put that in motion. You put it in motion. You put it in motion. And you can. And we're going to send you the, re, the video recording and the audio recording of this show so you can keep it in mind because once you pass – Four, uh, four interceptions your first season. I am absolutely going to send you. You're going to see it. I'm going to ask you for your address, and I'm going to send you a six-month supply of gummy bears. And you're not even going to have to ask me. I'm just going to say, what's your, what's your address? And I, I'm, a, I'm a big college football fan. I'm, now I'm a big fan of yours. And by the way, if you ever do get drafted, I have to be invited to your NFL party. How's that sound? All right, I, I got it. I got it. I, Remember I, this, I, man. Remember this. I vote if UCLA win, I vote if UCLA wins a national championship. Errol has to go to the game and shower him with gummy bears. I could do that too. <laughs> I could do that too, man. <laughs> I, I listen. I'm a man of my word. Ask anybody that knows me. Anybody that knows this show. I am a man of my word. So when I tell you I'm going to do that for you, I will do that for you, my friends. Thank you. Absolutely. Devin, why don't you tell the fans how they can find you on social media? What, to follow me on social media? Yes. How do they conf- How could they find you on social media? Uh, on Instagram. My Instagram is 3Kirkwood. Mm-hmm. And my Twitter is... <laughs> Devin Kirkwood 12. I, I hear your mom in the background. Is your mom in the background? Yeah, she's right here. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Hey, how you doing? I just got in the house. So uh, I just came from work. So you, yeah. you got some son, man. He's got some personality. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And he, he's, he's, quite, he's quite interesting. Yeah, he, he uh, speaks very highly of you. And when it comes to academics, I hear you're at USC. Yeah, um, I've got two more weeks before I finish my final class. Um, and then I start writing my dissertation. But yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. But, uh, I was like, that, that commute would go kill me. So I said, let me go a little closer to home. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, you, do you and your son have some kind of rivalry with the USC-UCLA thing, or is it just uh, you're, you like both of them now? Look, <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, I'm a Bruin, too. So I was a former Bruin. So uh, it's blue and gold in this house. So the, the doctorate degree is just a little added bonus. That's all. Well, just remember, uh, when you play with Sam Darnold in the near future, um, that's, he's a UCS, USC player. Just remember that. Ah, uh, okay, all right. I, I'm, I'm going to let him know in practice. This is all four of us. 
Well, he lives around by you, so uh, you'll probably see him throw the ball. He, he hangs out at the beaches over there. So um, I, I actually interviewed Sam when he was drafted by the New York Jets. Very, very nice kid. A uh, lot of nice kids from over there, UCLA and USC. So you guys are – and you have some personality, Devin. You do. And, and don't be afraid to use that personality when you go and play college football and when you do get drafted in the NFL. I believe you will be an NFL player. You play for Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly, there's a lot of players that come from – Chip Kelly's, uh, you know, his, his teams and, and that have gone to the NFL. So I believe you will do that, too. Thank you. Absolutely, my friend. Uh, uh, again, we'll stay in touch, my friend, and we'll get you on during the season. And remember, if you get four interceptions or more in your first year of college ball, I'm sending you a six months supply of gummy bears. That's a deal. That's thank a deal. you. Uh, well, you don't have to thank me. Thank you, and I'm going to be watching you, man. I, I expect big things from you. Okay, thank you. Thank I'll, you, Devin. I you. I'm not going to let you down. I, I, I don't think you will, man. I, I love your personality, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm expecting big things from you. Thank you, Devin, for joining us. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. As you guys know, we were talking to UCLA wide receiver and defensive back, recruit Devin Kirkwood. Nice kid. Really, 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 was awesome. He's a really, really nice kid and a great personality. And so. you, fa- you found uh, your uh, your food uh, commonality. There he so. goes. He likes gummy bears. <laughs> I like gummy bears too. So we, you, what did you say? There was a like gummy bear juice or something. Yeah, like you that? never had that. I never ha- heard of such a thing. There, there's these gummy gummy bear juices that actually have juice in the middle of the gummy gummy bears, and and it actually squeezes. And when you squeeze them, you can see the juice coming out of the gummy bears. Huh. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's interesting. They're different than fruit gushers? Or... Yeah, it's different. Okay. It's different. Because I've had those, I, but I never heard gummy of gummy juice. Gummy I forget what they're called. I, I actually bought them in Pennsylvania, and, and that was about a year ago. Okay. So they're, they're, they're pretty popular in Pennsylvania. I don't know about New York because when I go I, – I, what do I have now? They, there, there is some juices. What do they have? Um, I forget what they call. I'll, I'll remember, but there's Starburst juices. That's what oh, they okay. are. Okay, okay. Yeah, you know Starburst juices. Yeah, that I've heard of. Yeah. I, I don't think I've had one, but I've heard of them. Oh, they're remember, so good. I remember when they're they were so advertised. Good. I think so good. Four years ago or something like that. I love them. Yeah, I, I probably would too because I do eat a lot of Starbursts. Good kid, man. Great kid, and yes. I, I want to see big things from the kid. I I think he's got a great personality and. Uh, academically, you know, he, he speaks very, very highly of, of his academics and, and in competition with his mom and doing great in academics is very, very important when you go play college football. So I love, I love the fact that that kid, uh, takes academics just as, as, as much as football, you know, so that's, that's important. That's very important. Anyways, before we go, I, and I, I, I did want to get into this particular subject, and a lot of people, you know, are saying, "Why don't you talk about hockey?" And the hockey season is starting in, on Saturday. Yep. Uh, the Rangers are playing Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, right? I think they're with, I think they're the first game. I think they play at noon or something like that. Right, and the Islanders are playing the Florida Panthers. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So going into the playoffs, I expect the Rangers to play a, a very good series against Carolina. I, I think it's a five game series, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Five games to the to the round robin of uh, yeah. 16 teams, after, right? After the first round of the best of five, it goes back to normal, like a normal 18 NHL playoff. Right. So I think the Islanders have a better chance to come out of the first round than the Rangers do. The Carolina, the Carolina Hurricanes going into the season 
A lot of people thought the Carolina Hurricanes were going to be one of the best teams in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, Rob Brindamore, you saw what they did in the playoffs last year, the way they played. Goaltending was a big part of the way they played. They knocked off the Islanders. I think They went into the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, right? Yes, they, they, got swept, they swept the Islanders, then they got swept after that by the Bruins, who obviously went to the Stanley Cup. Yeah, and I, I think there, a lot of people thought the Hurricanes, with the team that they had, the defensive players that they have, and the rebuilt offense that they had going into the season, a lot of people thought the Carolina Panthers, were, I mean, the Carolina Hurricanes were going to be a Stanley Cup contending team. Uh, they didn't have such a great season, especially in the second half. And I believe they're being that the seat, you know, the season was put on hold because of the COVID-19. I think with all the rest and, and, and the health that they have now, because they oh, had yeah. goaltending problem early in the season with the injuries that they had, it really affected the beginning of the season and affected at the end of the season too. I think the Carolina Hurricanes have a very good chance of knocking off the Rangers. Yeah, they, they also get one of the biggest injury luck uh, in terms of getting a great player back, too, in Dougie Hamilton. He was yep. supposed to be out for the season, and yep. no chance of coming back for a regular playoffs. Now he has a chance to come back, and he's coming off a career year, too, especially offensively as well. So I agree with you. I mean, you know, I'm a Ranger fan, so I'm hoping they do win. And the Rangers did well against the Hurricanes in the regular season, but again, we know that doesn't mean anything, especially with hockey, too. The intensity goes up. So I'm, I'm probably going to favor Carolina as well, just because the Rangers, I think, still they're still young. They're still working their way in. Again, Shostarkin, we'll see how he plays. Uh, Is he starting? Uh, again, if he does play, I don't know yet. It hasn't been confirmed. If he does play, I'm very always... surprised they haven't confirmed that yet. Yeah, I only say that if he does play, obviously, but we've seen young goalies do well a lot of the time in the playoffs with nothing to lose kind of thing. He deserves to be the starter. Yeah, I, I could see that kind of instance where they have that kind of thing. Because, again, the Rangers, again, they're playing with nothing to lose. So it wouldn't be surprising if David Quinn decides to take a lot of the risks like that, especially against a team like the Hurricanes, which, in addition to their great defense, has a lot of offensive firepower, too, um, up front, especially with their top two lines. So that wouldn't surprise me either. So, yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you where the Islanders probably have a better chance to advance. But I wouldn't rule out Florida either because Florida is a deep team, especially offensively. Well, offensively, but they, their defense has not played well throughout right. the season, and their goaltending is weary as well. Right. Which so, Bobrovsky are you going to get yes. in the playoffs is a big key because he was phenomenal yes. last year, and he's been up and down beyond that. And that's and a new be, coach. That's going to be a big and key. And a new coach. But a coach that's very good in the playoffs with Quenville, too. So you also gonna... coached uh, one of the best teams in the NHL sure. in the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. you got two probably the two best coaches in the NHL, Trotz and Quenville, going at each other, too. And they faced each other a lot, because remember, obviously, Trotz was with the Predators, too. Mm -hmm. So they faced each other a lot when both of them were in the West. So that's going to be interesting. It's actually interesting, because Florida was my cup pick at the start of the year. But again, you're right. Their defense isn't as deep, so we'll have to see how the, the rest ends up. I don't think we're going to see Sororkin. Uh, that's for sure. I don't think he's allowed to play in the uh, Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, Stanley Cup Playoffs. Because he didn't play. I think the rules with the NHL is if you didn't play at all in the regular season, you cannot play in the NHL playoffs. So, well, Chris Kreider came up in the playoffs and uh, for the Rangers in 2012, and I think Kale McCarr did last year for the Avalanche. Came up in the playoffs, so I'm pretty sure he can. I don't know if it's different for goalies, but I'm pretty sure he can. I, I don't know how it is with the KHL coming from the KHL to oh, the NHL. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know how how that works, but I, I think Mikey C told me that he Sorokin. Uh, will not be able to play in the Stanley Cup final playoffs. Okay. I mean, Stanley Cup playoffs because he was coming and he signed with the Islanders from the KHL. So he never got to play in the AHL and he was coming from overseas. So I don't know if he – I think he could play, you know, sit on the bench. He could be a bench player. Okay. Um, but why have him on the bench if he can't come in? So yeah. that doesn't make any sense. But um, it's going to be very interesting. This is going to be fun to watch. It absolutely is. The NHL playoffs – which I think is the best when it comes to professional oh, yeah. sports. And um, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, last night I watched a couple of 
I watched a couple of games on the NHL Network. Yeah. Um, I guess you can call them uh, scrimmages. scrimmages or exhibition games. Yeah. Uh, I know the Rangers played the Islanders, didn't they? Or yeah, they the Rangers tonight? did play the Islanders. Who won that game? I, I actually didn't see it. Mm. I'll look it up now. It's yeah, interesting. They, they were doing a lot of the, the local, local We We games. definitely got to make our picks. We'll make our picks on Monday for the NHL playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll do that, and we'll do that with the NBA. By the way, the NBA starts tonight. There are eight games, and then they'll go through their – uh, whoever gets through the eight games, uh, each team, because they're they're fighting for a playoff spot, then they go right into the uh, NBA playoffs, which is mm-hmm. going to be very very interesting as well. Islanders won two one yesterday. There you go in the uh, in the scrimmage, yeah. And I think the the other interesting end of it too, again, is going to be with the expansion. This is the first time we're seeing buys now as well with the top four teams as well. They're going to be playing essentially for seeding, but it's not like. The NHL playoffs normally where everyone just goes in in terms of the same urgency and intensity and stuff like that, too. So now you're kind of getting an NFL playoff feel. Will will the buy help? Will the buy hurt? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we've seen rest hurt a lot of the time, too. Just us, the Islanders, and the Hurricanes, both of them, after they swept their series last year. (laughs) How that works for them. (laughs) But uh, before we go, I I do want to finish up with the MLB. And uh, Garrett Cole pitched another gem yesterday. He really did. The Yankees paid him $326 million. Was it worth it? I don't know. If, if he brings home two World Series championships, maybe one World Series championship in nine years, uh, I, I don't think that's enough. I, I think the Yankees are expected to, with, with this pitching staff, especially, you're going to have to probably re-sign James Paxton next year. He has not looked good so far this year in his first start. Uh, Tanaka, who will be a free agent after this year, he's another guy that uh, the Yankees might be able to bring him back if he doesn't want to go out west. Some people believe that uh, Tanaka wants to go uh, get closer to China or wherever, Japan, Japan. where he's from. So um, that's something that you might look at, especially being that Otani plays for the the Angels and they're very good friends. So that could happen. It's going to be a very interesting season moving forward. The Yankees are going to be um, a World Series uh, championship competitive team. The Mets, on the other hand, did not look good uh, in the second half of the game. They played very well early in the game. They were up early in the game, and then all of a sudden fell apart at the end of the game. Jacob DeGrom did not pitch well yesterday. Uh, again, Jacob DeGrom is a kind of guy that, you know, he'll have a bad a bad game here and there, but all in all, Jacob DeGrom is one of the best pitchers in baseball. Yeah, most of them tend to be in the beginning of the season historically with DeGrom, even going back to when he was a younger player, too. Obviously, he came up in the middle of the season as a rookie, so after that, really, if he does have a bad blip of a game, then all of a sudden, it's going to be in the beginning of the season and he settles right in after that, and we saw that last year against the Twins. He had that one bad game I think the year before was against the Dodgers, so a lot of times it is good offenses. The Red Sox have a good offense. We, we talk about all the time they have no pitching, but they do have a good offense. So I expect him to bounce back and be fine. Um, by the way, I would like to thank both our guests. And I, I didn't know if we were going to get uh, Devin on the show, but Devin uh, called up and he said he's ready to go. I'd oh, like he was to th- ready. Uh, yeah, he was great. Yeah, we are. Awesome. I just want to give a shout out to Tate Williams, the offensive guard recruit from Baylor, for joining us. Great interview, Tate. Thank you for joining us. And I'd like to thank Devin Kirkwood, who is the number 13th ranked overall athlete in 2021 recruit, recruiting class of the NFL. So he was a great, great interview. Great kid. Great personality. Scholar. Smart kid. Uh, he, he compares his game to Henderson and Ramsey. Uh, I think this kid's going to be a star. And hopefully it will be with the New York Jets in the near future. So very excited. Uh, we're we're going to become... Uh, Social media buddies, because I'm going to reach out to him. I'm going to tell him to follow me, and uh, I will be in touch with him. I love the kid. I think the kid's going to be great. 
you know, some, uh, some nice uh, gummy bear-based conversations. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I love gummy bears, too, and gummy worms. Uh-huh. So uh, I'm, I'm a big candy fan as well. I try to stay away from it because I'm not 17, 18 years old like uh, Mr. Kirkwood over there. But uh, uh, the kid is a great personality. Guys, if you missed the interview, uh, uh, definitely listen to Devin. Devin and, and Tate, both of them, great kids. Great kids. We've interviewed a lot of great recruits. Shout out to Jillian and Ricky. Uh, great, great. Uh, and Dante, by the way. Dante, too, who's helping them out, too. Uh, Jillian is a beast when it comes to these getting these recruits. And uh, shout out to all, all the different people that work with our network, our writers and our interns. And if we are moving forward, I'd like to thank uh, the Sports Hit List. Great show today. The Wise Guys yesterday. Uh, Clarence and his buddy over there. Trey was not on the show yesterday, but shout out to Clarence. Um, off the mat with Josh and um, Alex. They're going to have a show this week. They're going to have a couple of professional wrestlers on his show th- uh, this week. And uh, shout out to Eric Coleman, The Weekend Crunch. We have a lot of new shows. We have the uh, the BS a Sports Show that's going to be joining us next week. Um, we have, uh, oh, by the way, The Morning Boys. Uh, Morning Boys. Great show this week, uh, This week, both shows, Monday and Thursday. Shout out to Ryan today. Uh, he had a great show this morning. Uh, Ryan is a great talent. He really is special, special uh, when it comes to our morning show. Uh, we're going to have uh, Snowman in the Morning joining us in the near future. We have a lot of new shows. Uh, we have PSO joining us. Uh, those guys, they're going to be joining our network too. So we're very excited moving forward with our network. Uh, shout out again to Devin and Tate for joining us. We will be back next week. No Caged in MMA tomorrow with Anthony Anderosi. That will be on next week. We have a great, great lineup tomorrow. Uh, the wise guys leading the way tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. Until uh, Monday, this is Errol Marks and Speedy Petey saying goodnight. We'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.